it's a fine line between, you know, drinking wine and squashing grapes, as we say in this business. And sometimes it's very subtle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rooney Rules Podcast, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Schwen, here with my good buddy, Brett. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Totally saw that coming, right? Saw that coming? Anybody who's anybody, anybody saw that Rudolph was going to save Christmas. And Rudolph, with your nose so bright, <laughs> won't you drive this team to victory tonight? And he did. He did it. He did it. He pulled off the unthinkable. We were both... I guess I owe him an apology, and we're going to get into the game, which was absolute chaos and totally unsuspecting. But, um, yeah, I, it absolutely pure chaos. What's more appropriate for this team this year? What's more appropriate? Oh, no, nothing. nothing. This, yeah. yeah, this performance was third exactly— third-string quarterback coming in. We have no players, etc. The lead-up to this game is just—it's all bad for Steelers fans. It's all bad. Nothing but negative. Every everybody bit of news. In, everybody on the planet is talking about what's next for the Steelers after Mike Tomlin, George Pickens, no effort. Um, and, and all of these things are fair, like quoting Jalen Warren. I saw those everywhere this week. So there was a ton of noise, external factors. I felt like our last episode, we were really ahead on the news cycle. Basically we hit, we hit every single topic that was going to be talked about throughout the week. And the big one being George Pickens, not blocking. You had the back and forth where he said he didn't want to get injured, which was a crazy response. Um, that's not the case at all. It's very strange, and so we're in a weird spot right now. I'm sure you feel the same way I do, where we came into this week expecting a little bit more of the same Mm -hmm. that we saw all season, ready to tear this team apart like a rotisserie chicken, and yet, instead, it's so delicious, uh, we just look at it instead, and we're like, oh, our team's back, and I'm back, and I'm back in. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that we went from – I'm ready to clean house. Yes. To we got a chance. We like you know. I feel like I'm on drugs watching this team. I swear it's like it, the highs and the highs and the lows of the lows. It's just literally constant up and down, up and down, and I don't know what to think. And where do you draw any type of conclusions based on what we've seen this year? Do we just say, hey, this was just this season and it was a rebuilding year and we should be confident in what we've seen this season, or do you look at it as as a disappointment like we have at times, or do you look at it as a success? I don't know at this point. I think it's pretty obvious that you have a really good coach coaching in a really bad team in a really bad team. So man, what a turn of events. I, I don't know. I'm just happy. My Christmas is back on. My kids are getting gifts again. Everybody's is, getting gifts. Everybody's getting gifts. I actually got some more shopping to do tonight after this. I'm going to buy everybody. Oh, I'm so sending you, the were, whole... you were just planning for sadness and not buying stuff? Now you I was going to go give my kids fruit like the old days. <laughs> and tell you get them an to, apple. Literally, out of my drawer in my refrigerator, they were just going to get some fruit in their stocking and just be happy with it. But instead... Instead, now I got to go spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on my children because yeah. I'm that happy. Nice. And money n- means nothing Money's to me. Money's no object. Because happiness only comes in the form of Steelers wins. <laughs> so I, I, the Pickens thing, I wanted to touch on it real quick, and we can get into this game. 
But we talked a lot about it. You and I, candidly, we message each other a lot about the team. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> you and I have a, a, most of our chat is Steelers stuff, right? Yeah. Um, we something I brought up to you, which I I, I think you had a good counter, and and I also still like to bring up the point. A lot of the talk was around the George Pickens lack of effort on the play. And for as much as I was also angry about it, and we both brought that up on the podcast, I proposed to you a point of the counter, which was early in the season, I felt like we were highlighting the amount of effort he was putting in on every play. And it had me concerned, at least going into this game, about just the team being that lost, that it just doesn't matter and nobody cares. Do you see it as a individual problem or as like an overall team problem? Or a, not a problem. Well, up until this game, I, still felt, I felt like we were seeing guys not responding to leadership, right? Yes. A, and that's – it felt like a team-level problem because he's not the only one that wasn't showing you effort, right? Yes. There's a lot of receivers, mm-hmm. but there were other pieces where maybe you weren't seeing all-out effort all the time. And now <laughs> no. what we saw today was just effort. My like dog, entire script is... has been flipped upside down. Exactly. And that's – well, so that was one of the things that we talked about last week. All the diva receivers that Mike Tomlin has dealt with in the past right. were still super productive on the field, yeah. and George Pickens didn't have that, didn't have that, didn't wasn't able to boast that ability. Yeah, and so there was a difference there. Well, turns today, out he, he just kinda, didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, he just needed to be mad. He needed Mason Rudolph <laughs> to come throw him the ball, and all of a sudden he looks great again. Um, yeah, just very strange predicament. I I think I I would I'm just I'm a little bit on my heels. I was ready to I was ready to like. Do the fourth this, consecutive yes, yes. show. I was ready to sentence this team to death once again. Yep. Talk about how what the future could hold and everything else. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking about the playoffs again. Call me crazy, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so I think we got a 17 percent chance now. That's right. And it's higher than that because I've seen the other teams in the wild card chase. Dude, that Ravens game is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy to close the season. We were talking about it a little bit before we drove over here. Yes. They might not have to play anybody. They might be resting guys because they've already locked up the one seed and they're giving guys the break. You know, their players are going to have three weeks to recover before the playoffs. Very interesting point. I, Dude, the fact that we are, what, we're four and one in the division? Four and one in the division now, yeah. With this team? Crazy. What? Like, and one of the toughest divisions in all of football. Yeah. It, year the, after it's year. The most competitive. I want to say that they have the best record against exterior opponent so the afc north versus they have the best record among any definitely and even when we play internally they're always super close games no matter the year no matter the situation i mean you had some low years from name your team but at the same time it's always a game every time the afc north shows up and that's why you go into seattle next week and handle the business that even if they have to play all their guys and you get lamar in baltimore yeah with your season on the line you're gonna be up for that and it's going to be tough. It's not like Lamar's going to kick the trash out of you. And it's interesting, too, because I guess with Baltimore kind of being the better team out of the division at this point, obviously, because of yeah. their record, they have three losses, and we gave them one of those losses. Mm-hmm. So we get to come in there at least with a little bit of confidence on that end and say, hey, we did it once before. Well, and they're not that intimidating team either. Like, you know, no. there's been three win teams in the past where you're like, man, I can't believe that team has three losses. The Ravens could easily have more than that. They're a good team. But don't, I don't tell I don't the national as, media that, Brett, because for all we've heard, this is Lamar's year finally, et cetera. But the nice thing being, uh, it seems like things are back in our control again, which it was very heftily before the last three weeks, right? 
and then all of a sudden it's back to the opposite end where we're once again at the end of the season hoping and praying that we can squeeze into a wild card spot, right? Yeah. All right. Well, actually, that, that that's a great point to for us to stop and acknowledge that we have a third member of the team with us today. Yeah. And I just thought of a great job for him. So we have original Bob <laughs> in the studio. First yeah. time that somebody who's watching the sausage get made. Um, <laughs> since we're since we're recording right after the Steelers finished mm-hmm. and the Chargers are playing the Bills right now, the Bills are in the hunt. So, Bob, your job is going to be to keep us updated. If there's scores in that game, check it every so often. Let us know if there's a score. We we. The Chargers beating the Bills would be it's huge for the deal. Steelers. It's a yeah. big deal, yes. Yeah. And, and the Bills are on a little bit of a heater. Mm-hmm. So they They're feel like up. everything's kind of hitting everything in, in, in turn, but they are the Bills. So um, Go Easton Stick. Oh, Easton Stick, man. What a name. <laughs> Easton Stick. If we had him as our franchise guy, who right. knows what could happen. Uh, but, yeah, so it feels irrelevant to talk about much more of the discourse throughout the week. Here's what I'll say before we get into this game. This game was a great display of Mike Tomlin responding. I was hoping last week would have been the game that we got that response from him and the team. I It, it felt like leading into it, it was a big game, big moment. It seemed like that's the type of game he gets everybody to show up. It didn't happen. But for it to happen this week in a division game and at home, it just felt good. It felt like, okay, we're back online. Dude, so This was a master class of coaching. I don't want to interrupt you guys, but I have an update. Surprisingly <laughs> or not, the Chargers are up 3-0 on the Bills. Chargers are up 3 Go, Go stick. Hit him, go him with the stick. Chargers. Hit him with the go. stick. 5-0-5 left to go in the first quarter. <laughs> right. San Diego Super Chargers. Uh, actually, the Los Angeles. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I digress. Okay, so you want to talk about the game? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so to start this game... The Steelers' top four safeties top. are off the board. Yeah. The top four guys at the safety spot are unavailable. So our starters for this game are Patrick Peterson, mm-hmm. starting at safety, and a guy named Eric Rowe, who is making his first NFL start. Didn't he come from Houston as well? Like, I feel like he was a Houston guy. I feel like I've seen um, the name before. I guess they did say Steelers. Yes, you. I, I believe that he was a Houston guy before that, and which is funny because we also had a Desmond King stint. So like we're so down bad that we are taking safeties from the Houston Texans. That doesn't feel great. Um, I don't think that that matters though. I think that it's not ab- notoriously a bad team. Well, I just don't think it's abnormal for any NFL GM to say. This other guy evaluates whatever position group really well, and yes. if you see that, if you see that um, success mm-hmm. where somebody has a track record of drafting a position really well, then you just can go. If you can go pick guys up from yes. that team, I feel like guys do that all the time. So I don't think that just because they're a bad team, there's a lot of reasons that the Texans have been a traditionally bad team. Yes, but they can still. I be just good think at that players position. that aren't good enough to be on the Texans are typically. For the most part, you're not expecting the most out of them. That's fair. They're not making the cut on that team, which is not a good team. But, um, yes, <laughs> literally, we got Patrick Pearson playing safety. He's played once before, so that's great. Great for us. Doesn't feel great. And you also, Miles Jack is back in the black and gold. We knew we signed him to the practice squad a couple weeks ago. I didn't know if we were ever going to see him debut on the team. But yeah, he's back from trade school. He was being a, would you say a plumber? I think a plumber is what I saw. Dude literally went full Mario Bros movie <laughs> in between last season and this season. All of a sudden, he's back on our team. And um, so yeah, it doesn't feel great looking at what we're starting with and what our offense has been. It's like, okay, the defense has been 
notoriously the best part of this team all season long, all of a sudden they're banged up, and we don't know what to expect out of the offense. Like, we can't count on them to get us out of this game. Whereas a normal team, you would say, okay, we'll just outscore them. That's not the case with our team. No. Not it's an a, option. It is on Christmas. <laughs> it is on Christmas. Yes. Yeah, so it the Steelers. <laughs> also, Brett Kiesel in the building. Yeah, hyping Brett Kiesel. Up the beard, hyping up the crowd. Man, I hate – I love seeing like the good, um, like the old players come around and get everybody hype. But it also makes you a little sad because then you just remember the years. You know, you didn't know what you had till it was gone type stuff. Yeah. I mean, we knew, of course, we knew how special it was. But man, just seeing the beard back in the building and uh, it makes me sad that when Harrison was there, we played like dog crap. Like... Yeah. Well, and we let down Big Ben's family, if yeah. you remember. Um, that was sad as well. So yeah, we um and and we know the Rudolph jokes are coming. I started this podcast with one, and I'm just waiting for the broadcast to let those rip all night long. They actually did a great job of holding off on them. I'm yeah, proud of them. Didn't come until the end. Um, but yeah, so then I, they I, went real hard at the end. They went real hard, and we're <laughs> yes, we're gonna touch on that. So we actually gave them the ball to start this game, which hasn't really been our mo. I didn't see who won the toss. If I'm being honest, uh, I, I think we deferred. Up. Okay. Yeah, so uh, typically we're used to seeing the Steelers take the field as the offense and being disappointed with the three and out. I like seeing the defense come out. It's our strongest unit. Why not start the game, see what we got, well, see what they got. Well, it hadn't been the other way, so yeah. Yes, it has not worked the other way <laughs> one bit. But uh, literally this drive, um, they had some rookie out there. They don't have Jamar Chase as well. So, yeah, Jamar Chase. Uh, and Browning's been doing a great job of tossing the ball around. And, like, immediately they had uh, – they, they started with the screen for They're nine. I, they they ran so many screens. Their plan was to pass the ball in as many different directions to as many different players as possible to overwhelm us, which isn't a bad strategy. Browning's no, been great. especially with the deficiencies in our secondary from injury. That's and middle exactly linebacker, the right game plan. And middle like, line – like, there's going to be somebody open. It's definitely possible – and I will uh, preface this by saying, like, Browning's been really good outside of the first game he played us, and actually was pretty decent tonight other than the interceptions, but uh, he's been a really solid quarterback. So this wasn't an easy outing by any terms uh, for our banged-up defense. No, but the thing that I noticed early in this game was that it seemed like our defense was skittish to hit people. The thing that had been coming through with Kazee in the lineup was that they were going to stick you if you left yourself in a vulnerable position. And I, I felt like, especially early in this game, I was seeing guys pull off of hits, not not wrapping up, not you know, not using their hands for a tackle, yes. just trying to not draw a penalty. And so I felt like there were some plays where they were picking up extra I, chunks after. I think you bring up a great point, and it's a great little sidebar for us to touch on because last week we've responded after the game pretty quickly. Because yeah, he's out for the he, season. Because yeah, he got suspended for the year, and we, we didn't know that at the talk, time. Yeah, we haven't been able to talk about that. You brought to my point that they were alluding to other plays this season as supporting evidence to do that. They were saying that it was a, he was a multiple offender of the this is crazy. code of, it's code of cra- conduct. We see, we see guys out there doing way more Oh yeah, every single week. And it's one thing to find a player, but to make that decision, I feel like it has to be – it needs to be pretty egregious mm-hmm. overall. And I don't see that from Kazee at all. And I just think it's – I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense to me. The NFL loves to do this occasionally where they just like come over the top and do something that makes no sense. But come on. Give us a – we have no – Yeah. <laughs> give There's us no safeties you, left. What, you got to hurt us? Kick us when we're down, why don't you? I mean, when you figure that the second quarter started last week and you had Kazee at one safety spot and Mink at the other and then this then week Then we went down play neither. to play. Yeah, one play apart. One play apart. 
And so, yeah. So, I just think it's um, it's crazy that he got suspended the entire year. You don't really see that typically in general, let alone for, I don't know, the things that he did. Yeah. Eventually, even after multiple screen passes that the Steelers are able to sniff out, the drive does eventually stall. Uh, it's fair caught inside the 10, uh, but I heard you say right away, like, Calvin Austin, what are you doing making a fair catch on that? But then we saw the, the Bengals punter had a good day, and he checked up another kick that I think would have been the same result if Austin doesn't catch it it's inside true. the 10. I only said that about Austin because I just feel like he can be dynamic because he's so quick, but I see he's so quick to pull up and just fair catch. I, I feel like that's been the season for him, which – I understand the modern NFL, it just happens. Like, you just a lot of fair catches, a lot of kicks through the end zone, etc. But at some point, if you're the punt returner, you just got to go for it and, and try to make a move, and he fair catches more often than not. But I don't disagree with this one. It was more of a just, in general, I've seen him fair catch literally everything. And if it's going to be there anyways, try to make something happen. I, I don't know. I just want to see something. I want to see movement instead of just being pinned constantly because this offense is so bad. I don't need us backed up within their ed zone. Like, that's that's what my – it's just – No, and this is this is perfect based because on fear. we didn't – we did a great job of run blocking in this game, and we did a great job of calling the run plays. We were lining up and getting Najee going north and south. There were only two pitches in this game. Two pitches in the, the entire – first play of the game was a pitch, and we yes. all groaned. And then what happened on the second play, Schwinn? That boy George Pickens – Wow, is he good at football, man? Literally a great pass. It's just a little slant, just but a still, little bit high, but, but it, right on the money. Yep. You know, Pickens takes it, and he does the old school trickery with the hand warmer. They try to snag him down by his jersey, and instead they pull down the hand warmer, and he's off to the house. Doesn't it look like he's even trying to get ahead of everybody. Nobody can catch him. That guy is so fast. It doesn't make sense how you could be that large of a human being with legs that long. And still be light years ahead of everybody. I love seeing those guys in the NFL. It looks effortless. He's that guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a really nice play. Takes it to the house on a slant play. So we're, we're two plays in. The Steelers the longest, kick the ball, and we're up 7 nothing. I'm I was speechless because we haven't seen explosive plays in general, let alone something of that magnitude, and to start the game. So for George Pickens to do that, first of all, great play. Secondly, Great response to everything that's happened this week. We're talking about, I mean, people are literally criticizing Tomlin for not benching him this week because of lack of effort last week. If we don't have him in this game, this is a different ball game. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was half of Rudolph's passing production I, for the so day. I'm so torn on the guy. I don't even know. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make that decision. That's that's how I feel about it. It's a great point. I, I, I just, it was an awesome play. I, I feel like we were almost in shock. I literally grabbed my towel. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta wave this towel. I got a chance to swing it. Literally, I'd never get to. And I, I think, um, yeah, I, I literally didn't know. I was expecting it to be called back. <laughs> I, I felt like I was waiting for a flag or waiting for what's the, what's the stipulation here? Because I'm not allowed to be this happy. And uh, I was allowed to be, and it was great. So great play. Um, yeah, man, I, it wasn't nothing sexy from Rudolph, but at the same time, he hit him. And for simple that's as all we need, dude. it was so simple, but yeah, that's all we need. Right. And that's a little bit indicting of like, how is this guy not getting these type of opportunities more? All right. So we're up seven, zero 
we're in shock, but like nothing is sustainable. Nothing's forever. We know with this team because we were up 13-0 last 13-0 week. 13-0 last week, and we ended up losing 30-13. to Yes. So, yeah, it can go the other way fast for us and this team. Browning's been playing well. Yeah, and he actually makes some nice plays on this first drive, shuffling away from Watt, uh, gets away from the pressure, and finds Higgins for a big play out near midfield. T. Higgins is a good wide receiver. Yeah. He's a good wide receiver. He's going to get his. He's inconsistent, as I think, but I don't know if that's if that's a him thing or if that's a game plan thing. Whenever you play with Jamar, this Chase one and though Joe was Burrow. wide open uh, across the middle of the field. Our weakness, like legitimately, our weakness, we know very well now is the middle of the field. So it it was, I guess, a little bit concerning for me to see Higgins that wide open in the middle of the field. I'm like, okay, this could legitimately be a precursor to what's going to happen the rest of this game. I was a little bit concerned that we get lit up. Because we have nobody. We, we already touched on it. We have no linebackers. We have no safeties. Well, and so you see a little bit of that because there's another instance of something you also touched on last week, mm-hmm. which is the duck ball. The lame the, duck. Yeah. It's, this is like five weeks in a row. I've seen one of these passes. Quarterback just tosses it up in the air. You have no idea where this ball is going. It should be the most interceptable ball in the entire football league. Any other time you see it happen, the ball is getting picked off in any other football game. And for some reason, it drops in perfectly on our defense. Well, like half of our defense is now plumbers and practice squad guys. So that's what happens, I guess. But I guess way. so. But even still... It's an NFL play. Like, these balls should not be – anytime you can start counting, like, out loud, like, yeah. one, two, three, four. Like, you start <laughs> it's doing – It's been like, up there forever. Like, yeah, you start doing – yeah, that's not a good sign. Like, that is a bad sign. This is not good for your offense. It drops in. So, yeah, tough play. Um, They're still just running all these screens, man. It's just like it, – it, it. that's their plan. They're going to stretch this out, and they're going to find the holes. Yeah, in the end, that that duck does come down to catch. There's there's a throw behind a receiver in the red zone where mm-hmm. Highsmith gets the sack. Yes. And Highsmith had a really nice game. I thought that this was a good spot had, to touch on Highsmith. He had great pressure. He had he had the sack in the interception. Uh, they said he's the only player in the league this year to have a sack and interception in two different games. So little kind of cool little tidbit. I think it touches on just how great of a defensive player that he is. Although he's not T.J. Watt. He's a great Robin to TJ's Batman, and uh, he makes as much influence on the game as TJ does in his own way, which is great. He makes his presence felt even whenever he's not getting the stat, whatever the stat may be. I saw him more in coverage today than I ever have. Yeah. And it's not something I expected to see, but he did a great job when I seen him around the ball. It just seemed like he was ready to go. So Highsmith has the big hit, uh, to, and he knocks the ball down and, like all in one big shebang. And then next play. Of all the players and all the players we've been the, – the most polarizing player we've had on defense, it seems like, this year is Patrick Peterson, other than Levi Wallace, which luckily we've stopped talking about him giving up big plays. Yeah. But we've been so up and down on Patrick Peterson. Him being at safety, maybe this is just where he is now. Maybe he's allowed to be a little slower and be a safety because he gets – That's what corners gets, do as they age, right, is go play that position. So they, they think they can – they're slick, right? They think they can throw another little lame duck on us. Wrong. Patrick Peterson's on it. Interception in the end zone. Browning made this same mistake floating the same direction. In the third quarter of the last time we yeah, played. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. how? How do you make the same mistake against the same team in there was the same nobody situation? Home. It was nobody two Steelers. Yeah. There was two Steelers. This is a very, very uh, monumental play in the way this game works out because they were driving, Mm -hmm. and they were in scoring position and could have at least gotten a field goal out of this possession. Instead, it ends up in a turnover in our favor. They moved the ball up and down the field all day. They did. 
But I, I think yardage-wise, they were a lot better than us. On a consistency standpoint, we had a lot of big plays, which helped us out. But if you look at the stats at the end of the day, Browning lit it up. Like, he he didn't have a bad game. He had interceptions, which is bad. But, yeah. like, from a yardage standpoint, not bad at all. So, Patrick Peterson with the interception. Let's go, man. Yeah. What? We're back We're back in the turnover margin. We're doing everything right. We're throwing to George Pickens. We're picking the ball off. This is what we do. This is the Steelers. This is – we're back. Yeah, but even still, I'm still sitting over here like, mm, I'm nervous, right? We're all sitting there. Nothing. We're yeah. all sitting there Just like that. Just waiting for the other shooter. We want to have a good Christmas. Yeah, so the <laughs> – the, the commentators make a hilarious statement at the start of the next drive. Yeah, yeah. As Rudolph comes running back on the field, I believe the statement was, well, Mason Rudolph is best whenever his first read is available. This is a bizarre thing to say. Which and sends it, Schwindy into fits on my couch. Like, what, what does that even mean? Yeah, that means that the first person he looks at is open. Yes, I would be a great NFL quarterback <laughs> if my first read was always available. Like, I could throw... I could throw six yards to the wide open guy every single time. That's not even a. St- the broadcast team was something else. I don't know who we had in the booth. But I don't I'd, know who those guys were either. I've never seen them. They were reaching all day, and um. But this was such a hilarious thing from to hear about your third string quarterback. They're like Mason Rudolph, pretty good when the guy's wide open and the first person he looks like looks at. Yeah, no. No kidding. Update, fellas. Okay. Chargers are up 10-0. Chargers are up 10-0. Let's go. Come on, Santa. With 1349 in the second quarter. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's great. Uh, So, yeah, Mason Rudolph is great whenever the guy's wide open. (laughs) (laughs) This drive was actually really good, too. He, He... Hits Warren on a third down underneath to pick yes. up a big gain in a first down. The throw to Allen Robinson on the sideline was Robinson on the money. Robinson had a great game. Yeah. I felt like he was a great complimentary receiver. It's what I expected him to be on this team coming in as a free agent signing. Nothing special, but I, I, he's a pro. He's a pro's pro. And uh, I liked seeing him actually get progressively more involved the last few weeks in general. I feel like he's been the guy that's caught a few balls in big moments, and this was a big pass. Hit a couple of these. Yeah, in big spots, like you said. We see Najee take a a run here, and this was the first of a bunch of Najee runs today where it just felt like he was slamming into guys at the line of scrimmage and pushing forward for four to six yards every time. He fed off of that energy of the last game against the Bengals. I feel like that was his last – he had the 99-yard game Mm -hmm. where literally they couldn't tackle him. And it was the typical looks where we're seeing them read what's happening, but he's just carrying the pile. Like his will is stronger than their men. (laughs) (laughs) like sorry about it the mind is willing but the flesh is spongy and bruised yeah (laughs) done for get out of here and he was carrying dudes all night long like legitimately Najee was doing Najee work we did this like bro we did this stupid ugly uh fake i don't know if you notated it. oh the the naked bootleg down at the goal line it was the most fake pitch i've ever seen in my entire life like they they sold it so hard which was whatever it's I okay guess. They, they had such a good day i'm willing to overlook a bad play and a bad play call i'm just tired of us running these fakes where it's the like it doesn't look smooth even so no like, what, who is this fooling nobody why are we doing it because we can but uh, I, I'm not going to get too caught up on it. I just oh, – man, I'm so tired of seeing these slow-developing fake plays that everybody and their brother can see coming a mile away, right? Well, it does set up a Calvin Austin sweep. It touchdown. Works. It the works. The sweep works for a touchdown. It, 
We've been complaining about the sweep and the jet sweep action for two seasons. We can do no wrong today. Like, for some reason, the Cincinnati Bengals looked at all of our offensive play calling over the entire season. They just threw it out. They're like, we're not looking at any of that. Well, that, and so I love this play because Jalen Warren, after saying this week, well, I would block for him if he would, you know, I would block for him if if the roles were reversed. Proving it on this play, getting out in front, making a great block to get Austin in the end zone. Definitely. Yeah, they, uh, the effort was there. I felt like the offense was just had juice today. 10 plays, 80 yards on this drive. So after the they get the ball back after the Austin touchdown, we're up fourteen to zero. I don't understand anything that's going. I don't going understand on. how it's happening. I don't understand why it's happening, but I love it. And it's still not a safe lead. No, because we watched last week. That's we right. know what is possible with this team, and anything is possible if you believe. <laughs> well, the, the Steelers actually do a great job on this drive when the Bengals get the ball back. You get Channon Sullivan makes a really nice play fighting through defenders to make a tackle on a mm-hmm. wide receiver screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had I, I I had a count going at one point, and mm-hmm. I know I missed a couple, but I had at least ten screens that I That's took tally of on the game. Crazy. Um, so. That's how everybody, like, obviously the book is out on the Steelers, right? That's what every team is going to, they're going to have those in the game plan. Yes, but to contrast that. Great game planning by our defense, knowing that they were going to try and utilize those type mm-hmm. of things and for us to be ready for them. Because well, none of them really broke big. No. I, I think we did a great job playing. We had They had multiple for losses mm-hmm. on one-on-one tackles. So I think great job defensively as a game plan. Uh, there was a play here, which is TJ Watt's big play of the day. It's a third down. Mm-hmm. Not only does that man get held. But he gets a sack still and then forces, forces a, fumble. a fumble. Yeah. It's a, the, they're still trying to pick the quarterback up off the ground and he's in the end zone dancing. Dude, he's the best. He's the best. I can't say anything about him. Like, I I can't imagine a better player to want to root for on your team. Like, TJ Watt is that. Anybody who doesn't have him on his team is jealous because they're Anybody awesome. who he's doesn't awesome. have them undervalues him greatly, which is yes. funny to me. 100%. And. <laughs> Right before this happened, they show Mason Rudolph on the sideline, and he's warming up. He's like, still throwing balls. He's just throwing the balls. What's he doing? Why is he not getting a drink and watching film? Because he's Mason Rudolph, and he wants to be ready to go because he's he literally has thrown like four passes his entire game so far. But no, he's – I love it. It's, it's so funny. Like, it just cracking me up. It's the contrast to uh, uh, last week whenever they made Trubisky throw extra before halftime. <laughs> Mason's like, you want leadership? I got you, coach. He's out there. He's giving it his all. Your line on on the the couch was, he can't get enough. Look at him. He cannot get enough. He loves throwing the ball. He can't. Look at me. I love throwing footballs. You guys need a quarterback? I love being a quarterback. Look at me. He's all-time quarterback. And all I can do is picture him in those overalls, that picture that we talked about a few episodes back. Yeah, with with the coconut. (laughs) Yes. I comment. I literally that changed his whole career. It changed his life. That picture changed his life. Cause all of a sudden he's a starting quarterback uh, in a winning game, throwing like <laughs> dimes to George Pickens. It was awesome. He literally had his retreat. He had his Aaron Rodgers retreat. Could have been ayahuasca. Nobody knows, but Mason Rudolph is the guy. He's the guy. And he's back on the field. <laughs> yeah, He comes back on the field, but the drive is pretty short lived. Uh, there's a good run blocking play on first down, which yeah. there was a lot of those today. 
Rudolph underthrows Austin pretty badly on this drive. Yes. You were calling for DPI. The ball was so badly underthrown, I didn't think that you can throw the I flag. I think it was a bit egregious. The guy didn't turn around. But, you know, it's NFL. It's bang, bang, whatever. You never know what the refs are going to decide for the day. That's the referees. The next pass is the real concerning one because Rudolph throws this, like, terrible pass in the flat to Warren. And it floats, and then it gets bobbled. Yeah, and it just a long time to it was it. ugly. It was gross. It felt like exactly what this team didn't need to happen, and could have potentially been a disaster. It ends in a negative nine yard play, which is fine considering the alternative would have been giving them the ball in scoring position. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers' defense coming back on the field, there was a play early in the drive where I thought Miles Jack looked really fast. Uh, yeah. He misses the tackle, but what do you expect from a guy that, again, hasn't been in the league for most of, you know, for part of the season, not been making starts? So He's fixing leaky pipes on and off the field. That's right. He's fixing this, that this leaky team is a big middle leaky linebacker pipe. spot. Yeah. Right. We are a big, we are a huge job for him. The plumber comes in and gives us a quote. They're like, this is going to be a big job. <laughs> Shortly after that, though, Highsmith has a play where he gets pressure on Browning and yes. forces an underthrow, and Eric Rowe comes up with a pick. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> Jelly down the stream. Man, what? Both starting safeties <laughs> on a on, in a game where four your top four safeties were out. Both starting safeties get a pick. Make it make sense. We are like legitimately reverse Murphy's Law, like where it's like anything that can go wrong will go wrong yep. anything that could go right went right for us tonight it was the complete opposite of what we've seen our luck be the last few weeks and all of a sudden we got back we, we're, oh you're worried about being down safeties well guess what how about a couple interceptions to help with that that's a nice little treat love it so yeah we <laughs> fall back again dude i i'm still yeah, just mason takes over in the red zone like the the, the interception and return Put the Steelers inside the 20. Yes. And there's an awesome play in here where Rudolph scrambles. Uh, your word, I believe, was skirt. Throws on the brakes. He did his, yeah, he did, he did the, a little skirt move. Yeah, yeah, so he had extreme pressure on it, and he hit him with the skirt, skirt. And then, like, literally, like. Stuck a hand out for a stiff arm. Tried to stiff arm a guy. Dodges the defensive player, then heads towards the first down line. No fear in his eyes. Literally dry, dives forward, does a flip, gets almost Doug flutie around. Yep. And still. As a guy who almost died on the football field and then got hit in the head by Miles Garrett by his, his own, own helmet, helmet. <laughs> he had to have been scared for his life out there. So respect. Thank you for your service, uh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, dude. Jeez, man. Tough. What a play. And I'm going to say this about that play. The notable thing to me was pose that sequence of events that I mentioned to you. Mason Rudolph up until that seemed like he could potentially become a decent quarterback. Like, okay. He at least had good pocket presence. He felt like he had a good arm, and maybe he develops into something. After the Earl Thomas hit in the Miles Garrett situation, he never looked the same in the pocket. He looked uncomfortable. He looked rushed. He looked scared, to be honest with you. He he looked so much more composed tonight than I've seen him since he's been a starter for a play. Oh, yeah. And this, he snaps for This was for the us. best game of Mason Rudolph's career so good. as a Steeler. Yeah. I, I'm going to give him his flowers because he deserves it, and, and I've been a— very critical of him up until this point because of the past plays I've seen him play. But, man, he did have a great preseason. I'll, I'll give him that. But regardless of that, man, in real game time tonight, he looked composed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my biggest takeaway from this whole game is just how he didn't look scared like I've seen him in the past. So, I mean, props to Mason Rudolph. This game ball to him 100%. Oh, and he like, is a game ball. Game ball. Prestigious. Bro, these game balls are important, and he gets one. <laughs> well, he had um, a you know commemorative one on the field after the game, so he got the game ball. Yeah, they're like here Christmas Eve Eve ball. Here you go. <laughs> Remember that time on Christmas Eve's Eve 
whenever you showed up for the world. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think it was really impressive to see him bounce back the way that he – the resiliency as a football player is impressive to me because it's not an easy position and it's not an easy thing to come back in general from any of those things. So a uh, great job by him. And that dive was just – to me was just no fear, him going for the first down. And I just – I well, was, it fired the team up because they immediately yes. come back, hand it to Najee, and he punches it in. Right makes the, it 21 no nothing. No, Nobody we, cares. Yeah, was not even a challenge, really. Yes. And we don't know what is going on in our life. We're up 21-0. to zero. You ever seen this? Not this year. Me neither. I have no idea what this even is. 21-0? Crazy. Bro. Uh, the <laughs> Bengals get the ball back and push it down the field, and there's a crazy sequence here. So we already kind of talked about uh, – and we talked about the pick in the red zone by Browning. Right. So we didn't see McPherson there. They come down the field, end up short on third and inches, mm-hmm. and then they go for it from a shotgun formation, like inside the Steelers' 10. Crazy. Yeah. And throw the ball towards the end zone. JPJ is out there, and he is blanketed yes. on Higgins. A little bit of a contra- contact. You could you could argue, right? Uh, just the same as, I guess, you could argue the non-call on our side that I would. But, you know... Still a great play because he he I think he saves the entire play by just trying to make a play on the ball and, and going for it and getting a hand on it, it looks like. JPJ, man, I for as much as I guess he's penalized, you can't say anything about him. He's he's by far our best corner. Oh yeah. And Not he's been close. by far the most um challenged corner that I've seen. Uh Pittsburgh's cornerback group uh, group in general be challenged and he's lived up to it in my opinion i just think for as much as jpj is our number one and they go away from him they also challenge him and he shows up more often than not. he's been our most consistent player i would argue week in week out you know what you're going to get from joey porter jr and i love that what a far cry from us talking about him deserving to start right yeah can he tackle yes no that guy has been he's shown up every week and given you consistent effort and results yes i think that's that's important to note because we legitimately were talking early season like get this guy on the field when you see him more nobody knew if he was ready man i'm more than happy with the way that he's played it was a great play all right so after the the coverage by porter on higgins rudolph gets the ball back with a chance to drive it down the field short time two minutes plus a little bit um, starts the drive with a nice gain to Warren to get us out it of the shadow. It was scary, of the end though. Zone. He threw it to a screen pass in our own end zone. Uh, and it was actually a ball on a line. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was terrifying. Yeah. But it, luckily, Warren's dynamic enough, bounces it out, makes a really nice gain for it, honestly. And it just – nothing really formulates, I guess, overall. I mean, we get down the field. Well, I did think it was hilarious that when they come back from the two-minute warning break, the broadcast lets us know that a 21 nothing halftime lead would be the largest halftime lead by the Steelers in three years. <laughs> yes, and uh, well, you do have like uh, you do have the George Pickens catch, which is the yeah, big highlight dude, of this that, drive, right? What a catch. Turning, falling down, getting both feet down clearly. Awesome. It's so impressive what this guy can do on a football field. <laughs> It is what you want out of a receiver, and it's why we keep buying back into him. We're so torn on what we should think of like his future with the team, etc. I'll put up with the drama if you give me the result too. But you the know. result matters. Yeah, you yeah. can't not not be blocking. That was like the big one mm-hmm. because I feel like I've defended him a lot throughout the season, and more so just being like, okay, he's just a player, like whatever, let him do his thing. But literally, literally, if you're not giving the effort on the field and blogging. You're not trying. You're not trying in the game. But this game he tried, man. He's 
George Pickens, game ball. Yeah, after the, after the catch by Pickens, uh, the Steelers end up stalling out on the drive. Boz comes in. They run it all the way down, so it's like four seconds left in yeah. the half, and Boswell cashes from 50 yards to make it 24 nothing at half. Interesting um, to just get points, honestly, because at one point it felt like we are just going to pack it up, go into halftime. We make the big pass. Yeah, that was like a third down that they yeah, hit Pickens on yes. the deep ball. So even to get – just to get the first down in general and to get points on the board, even though it's not a touchdown, which we're a little spoiled at this point and we're expecting another one, <laughs> I'll take the 24-0 lead going into halftime. A couple other notes I would have from this drive was um, Kenny Pickett is on the sideline, which is great because he's like almost like the Sith Lord in the background. Like, <laughs> he got his hood up and everything. Wondering what's going on. He's been in the booth uh, the past few games because it's just a Steelers role that if you're in a boot or a cast – you're not on the sideline because that could obviously increase your chances of getting injured. Um, so he's on the sideline again, which is really cool. Uh, <laughs> and also, you pointed out to me that George Pickens has two different mouthpieces. Yeah, I, I, we never did get a definitive answer if the red one ever went in. I think it would be hilarious if Rudolph looked out, gave him a hand signal, yeah. and he went from green to red. Green means that go. That would kill green, me. Yeah, green, red is a, red's a curl. Yeah, <laughs> green is single coverage. I'm going deep. <laughs> Like if we had to dumb it down, that like that's how that's our offense was based off of a stop go method. We just playing green light, red light, green light, red light. <laughs> what if he changes mid route? Then what? Holy smokes! I, get this guy a million mouthpieces. I don't, I, don't, I don't care how many mouthpieces this guy needs if he can do this every yeah. week. Can you imagine how fast he'd run if he had three mouthpieces? It's just okay. So we're going into halftime, twenty four zero lead, and I it started like, raining. It rained like hard. Crazy. The frustrating thing for me is um, not to take away from this win or my happiness. It's just frustrating for me to see some of these playmakers that I expected to do things, doing them intermittently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit bittersweet for me. Like I touched on Allen Robinson earlier. Obviously, Pickens is evident. I think this, that was his first touchdown in the first half since, what, it was week six or something like that. So it's a little bit bittersweet for me because the talent has always been there offensively. It's just been complete discourse up until this point. And for it to come out at a time like this, which, granted, you needed more than anything, and we need this win bad, it's just frustrating to know that it was, it's was it been there the whole time. We've just not been able to get it together. I've seen bad teams and like from a roster standpoint, and I don't think this offense has been bad outside of the offensive line from a roster standpoint. We've had talent. And we've acknowledged it, and I think we're spot on in a lot of our preseason um, looking forward. To, what would that be? So, like, our preseason uh, expectations were pretty spot on with some of the playmakers. And we see a little bit of that in this game. And it's just – it's all – it feels a little too – I refuse to say that my preseason hype was spot on because I thought we were going to be so good. And We had – but – considering the quarterback play and offensive line play and the offensive struggles we had, we have been good. I mean, we've out, we've exceeded expectations on every front for as bad as we've played, you know? Um, we're not, a, I don't feel like we're necessarily a good team by any stretch, but at the same time, I think our evaluation of the talent moving into the season was, was pretty accurate. And that's why we've been able to supersede some of those games that we should have lost. I will say this. I do feel like the the secondary, as injured as it is, has been playing really well. 
the defense is impressive. It, it 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 never ceases to impress me this entire season. And I guess props to Terrell Austin, Mike Tomlin. I don't know who it needs to be, but they seem to at least get it together time and time again. Even in the games where they don't look the best, they show moments within the game where they kind of can hold it together to give us that hope. Like, okay, offense, your turn to carry us. And that hasn't always happened. But overall, there's not many games I could point to and blame the defense. No, but – and this was a great defensive effort by the Steelers, but I'm going to move it forward here because mm-hmm. what we see is the only real lapse that they had today. Uh, T. Higgins catches a slant very similar to the one that George Pickens housed and yep. just beat, wins the foot race to the end zone the same way that Pickens did it in the first half. It was legitimately deja vu. Yeah, just the other side of the exact field. Exact same way we started. We started with an offensive possession that was nothing, like they did. Mm-hmm. And then they got the ball back and just hit the slant. And it, T. Higgins, good, just good, good receiver, yeah. man. Um, and you're gonna have those plays. You, you you're gonna live with those. And it is what it is. Like you just got beat by the better player. Yep. Um, Browning converts the two point conversion on a nice play where really he extends. Nice He's running the. We always complain about Kenny rolling left. They yes. forced Browning to roll left. And he made a really nice little improv, improv flip, play. flip. Yeah, it was perfect. It was a great play. Um, definitely not something you love to see your backup quarterback do typically. And he did a great job, in my opinion. So I like that. Um, I'm not overly concerned. <laughs> I wasn't either. I mean, at this point, it's 24 to eight. But there is still. In yeah. The back of OK, our it's two possessions now. We've been hurt. before. Yeah. Let's let's run the ball. Let's run some clock. And the Steelers were doing that from the start of the half. Actually, mm-hmm. I noticed that they were running the play clock down to seven every play, seven or less every play. Playing Bill Cowerball. Yep. And I loved it because it made it really shortened the game, especially with the way that Why the not? weather had turned. It was going to take a Herculean effort by the Bengals to come back. Mm-hmm. And what do the Steelers do is they come out and they snatch momentum right back we did this all game i think that was our biggest thing is anytime it felt like in weeks past it felt like the, the momentum was easily to be had by the opposite team right like they could just take it from us in this moment okay they're only down essentially two scores right 16 points if they do another two two point conversions but the steelers come back we throw we hit up mount washington you want to climb a mountain try climbing that mountain that's a big boy it's a big boy i wouldn't want to tackle him no no, that's going to hurt you. The, the only saving grace for the Bengals here is that he caught it near the boundary, so you had at least the sideline to help you just push him out of bounds. He didn't have to try and bring him all the way down. And lo and behold, Georgie Porgy hit and stride, takes it to the house Over again. the top. No slant pattern needed here. Just the good old go route. Great ball. Yeah. Right in stride. I mean, it's literally all this guy needs. He's essentially, in my mind, the way that he has the downfield threat is – DK Metcalf-esque, right? He just needs somebody to hit him on those one-on-ones in stride, and he can do the rest. And this was exactly that play. It's exactly what we've expected out of him and what we haven't been able to get. This play I wanted to talk to you about because he takes it to the house. We go up 31-8. 31-8? Which is crazy. It doesn't even sound like a real <laughs> sentence that should come out of my mouth. But that's what the score is. And um, especially after the past three weeks. OMG. But... Uh, this pass is interesting to me, and this is going to be the real conversation that happens this week, and I think this is a good place to bring it up. Mason Rudolph delivered this ball. Have you seen Kenny Pickett hit a player like this? One time all season. One, One time. This is Mason Rudolph's first start as the third-string quarterback, and he does it. And, and I think a great point to also support this, why it's such a 
difficult thing to talk about. We've also seen, especially with like Browning on the Cincinnati side and some of these Danny DeVito and all these other bozos out here throwing Danny touchdowns. DeVito. We're seeing them hit players like this. Now, Kenny being our guy moving forward, if he is going to be Kenny is our guy, right? If that if he is our guy. What's happening where he can't make these type of throws? Because they just don't happen. Mm-mm. I'm with you. And that hurts. That's not good to say. So what do the Steelers do moving forward at quarterback? I hadn't thought I hadn't thought about it this way until you brought it up and now I'm mad because you're making me realize that it's not out of the question to think that even if Kenny's healthy next week you see Mason instead. I it would be a okay. I don't be... think they would tell you that Kenny's healthy, right? If that's how they want to play it, then they're just going to say, Kenny's still getting back healthy, he's not ready, and you run Mason out there, which is fine, and we'll never be the wiser. Right. But we would only know that they went the other direction if, you know, hey, Kenny's healthy, he's the guy, here he goes. I think best-case scenario moving forward for the Steelers is Kenny doesn't play the rest of the season. Like, he's out for the rest of the year. In the sense of, like, what the future looks like. Because oh, I disagree the, with that. The real risk, the real risk that you run is Kenny's able to play next week, and you play him, and he plays bad. And all of a sudden, you're down two scores at halftime, and Kenny's doing old-school Kenny things. And in the back of everybody's head, Mason, Mason. No, 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 no. No, no that's no, what happens. No. you got to run that Kenny. That is what happens. If Kenny's healthy, you got to run Kenny out there, and hell or high water, he finishes the season. We assuming were, he's assuming the, he's healthy. Not we. If, but the fans were rooting for Mason Rudolph when healthy Kenny Pickett was out there. I get it. There was talks of the Steelers benching Kenny Pickett when he was healthy. What makes him? What makes him the starter now? What what justifies? Because it? if he's not the future, then you have to go find the future. Because we can both agree that Mason Rudolph's not the future, right? Mason had a great night, but he's not your future. Correct. Kenny may or may not be your future. We're and talking that's what about you're the playoff. To determine. But, but we're talking about the playoff push this year. We're not talking about the future. I am. I, okay. Playoffs are great. Yes, and I would love to see the playoffs. But I'm talking long-term always. That's how I always If we're operate. not tanking, we're talking about going to the playoffs, and we're talking about winning playoff games. Yeah, I want to win playoff games. What quarterback helps this team better? I got to know about Kenny Pickett. It's tough to – It's I'm just – okay. And I'm not saying I agree exactly with what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that I'm in support of starting Mason Rudolph. I'm saying it's a very tough conversation to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's a slippery slope, and especially if Kenny comes out and is is not looking explosive at all. We're running the same offense out there, and God forbid a turnover or two, which is uncharacteristic of him this season. You have a whole – you just opened an entire thing. Well, way, and, way worse than if Kenny just is injured and doesn't play the rest of the year, and we're just like, oh, we have to go with Mason. Whatever happens, well, happens. That's, that's what they're going to tell you regardless, but we right? Don't want, we don't want Kenny to start and then him get benched for Mason is what I'm saying. Well, that wouldn't happen. If they run Kenny out there, they're going to run Kenny out there. They talked about it for Mitch. I get it. But if that's – if so if they were that close and they've decided that they'd rather go Mason over Kenny, then you just tell the rest of the world Kenny's still hurt. And then you but, – but at the end of the season, you're moving on. You're drafting a guy or, or signing a guy. Because if you if you're starting Mason the rest of this season and Kenny could play, you're admitting that Kenny's done. But you could cover it up easier by saying that Kenny's still hurt and he shouldn't be playing, right? But yeah, that's maybe, what you're doing. Maybe an eighty percent Kenny Pickett is ready to go next next week. Do you take him? Eighty percent. He's I, ready to no, go. You go with the guy that gives you the best chance to win week to week. Mm-hmm. That's that's the right call. But if Kenny's healthy and it, it's a hundred percent 
you know, or healthy enough to play, you feel like he's not hindered, then, yeah, I'd rather see Kenny than Mason. Yeah. I just, I know this is going to be the topic of conversation. The only reason I wanted to bring it up, obviously, I think a great point to bring up is the fact that both Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett had amazing games against the same Bengals defense. So that's a great counterpoint to saying that Kenny could have done just the same today. Maybe. But overall, Kenny comes in and looks bad. We're really evaluating what this team is and the coaching and decisions and everything because if Kenny comes in and looks bad, then he's made the decision for it. He made the decision easy, right? You gotta get, you gotta get a guy. Do we need to see it more? Yes. We only saw one game of Kenny without Matt Canada before the injury. Yes. Okay. All right. Maybe I'm just a little bit pessimistic right now with Kenny's output, but at the same time, I just, it's a very interesting dilemma i think that the team has at this you're point. right it, it's an interesting conversation it's one that i'll be thinking about it's this not week. gonna go away no it'll that's be, everything it'll you're be one of see. those shower thoughts have yes. you ever had one of those thoughts that for whatever reason get stuck in your head and like every time you get in the shower for a week yeah. you find yourself back on that same thing yeah eventually you crack the usually case. that's me trying to figure out what the what the point of conditioner is what is the point <laughs> But yeah, this week I'm going to be thinking about who our starting quarterback is. <laughs> but yeah, I just, it just, it's worth noting. Uh, we, let's move on from it. But I just think that's going to be the conversation this week, and I think we wouldn't be doing this team justice by not talking about what it's going to look like and the fact that there's going to be a lot of controversy around any decision that's made. Yeah, any decision. And at 31 to eight, I think we've kind of hit the point in the game right where we kind of have less notes because we're. We're talking and chatting mm-hmm. about bigger picture things as we're because we're in the same room watching the game together. Yes, there's some stuff that I have here, like the Steelers were getting pressure on Browning throughout the game, even whenever they weren't getting home. Yes, he was he was getting happy. We had great feet. pressure all game. Mike Tomlin won two challenges. <laughs> yeah, everything was coming up Steelers today. Mike Tomlin notoriously bad at challenging football calls, and legitimately wins two challenges this game. Man, what else could we ask? Hey, also, would like to point out, pretty good job on the penalty side of the ball this week. Yeah, wasn't it's a kind of them. been one of our Achilles heels. Just one confusing one that they called on Dan Moore that we watched the replay and went, well, that guy just fell down. That can't be who actually committed the penalty. They were just like, okay, Dan Moore probably did something. <laughs> they didn't even know what number. They just they had his on reserve. I thought it was hilarious that we didn't see Evan McPherson until this game was decided. Like, the very last play of the third quarter, they ran McPherson out. Like, at that point, you need the touchdowns to even have a shot, so why? (laughs) What? He just had a quota. (laughs) He had a quota. They're like, they had him in, uh, who's who's the Bengals coach? What's his name? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, yeah. So he he has McPherson in his fantasy league. He just had to roll him out there and get three. (laughs) And that's just what it is. Man. We get one more field goal from Boz. It's basically 34-11. That's the end of the score. Nothing super exciting happens. Is there anything else you want to touch on uh, from the game? Uh, Highsmith had a pick at the end. He gets rewarded for for a great job of a long day of coverage Mm -hmm. and gets a pick, makes it three for Browning. But, no, you're right. Najee's running tough. The Steelers – just yeah, the fourth really quarter kind of just winds to, and, down yeah, and it, it amounts to a bunch of nothing. There's a flag at the end, and the refs come out and just decline to make a call on a penalty yeah, and just say, that is the end of the game, yeah, and everyone runs let's off. Let's go home. And they start playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer the at a 10. The stadium is just blaring <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed And you're Mason Rudolph doing the post-game interview on the field, and you hear it's that. It's got to be terrible. <laughs> it can't feel good. No. Like, I'm a, I'm a bit? I'm, a, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just a bit. <laughs> like, I'm what? for social media clicks. Is that what we're doing here? But 
there was some Christmas magic in the air, I will admit. And this game, man, we needed this. We needed it so bad. And here's what here's the thing that really gets me hyped. Mm-hmm. Steelers are now 8-7. and seven, Yes. Have a chance to make the playoffs. Based on what we know about Mike Tomlin, is there any chance that the Steelers lose in Seattle next week? To make it 8-8 eight and eight and have a chance to have a losing season going doesn't into Baltimore? Feel like it. No, it doesn't. Playing Drew Locke? At minimum, they're going to tie that game so that, it's, yeah, it's, so that Mike Tomlin is not having a losing season. And then whatever happens in Baltimore happens. But I feel like win or tie is what we're looking at next week in Seattle. Yeah, this... Uh, Third game ball goes to Highsmith before I forget. Um, but this game legitimately was the response we wanted. This was, hey, Mike T, if you got anything left in this team to pull them together and prove that you are that coach that can get anybody to play under any circumstances, this felt like it. And, man, this team showed up to play today, beaten, bruised, battered, whatever. And we showed up on every front of the ball. We dominated a division rival. Yeah, this was a master class in coaching for a guy who we have been beating the hell out of Phenomenal. for a month. For a so, month, we've been talking. Everybody's been telling him that his job's gone, and the dude had the boys I ready think I made. Today. I think I made an interesting point last week that I would like to bring up again. We were talking about the Tomlin situation and what we thought going forward the coaching situation would look like, right? Mm-hmm. And my point was – Let's see how we feel about this after some time has passed and these wounds aren't so fresh and we're looking at things from an outside, like a bigger view. And I think this game also kind of epitomizes that a little bit in the sense of saying, look at what a win can do, right? And look at what I, – I, we try not to be overly rea- reactive, but we're fans. But at the same time, this is a this win in general is a big deal to me. I think this – team this locker room looked more lost than i've ever seen in a mike tomlin regime and all of a sudden they respond like this on our patrick peterson and safety practice squad guys start eric rowe interception like yeah we got guys coming miles jack got a sack at the end of the game too. yeah yeah. so the guys we bring up make like literally big stat plays which is crazy but besides that we knew but the offense, man, it's just crazy. It's just it awesome. Uh, it, and hats off to Mike Tomlin, man. It's even more impressive because he hears it all. Oh, yeah. It's not like he's not reading. He's not an idiot. He knows what's going on. I guarantee you he reads the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in their online edition. I just – I think um, this creates a whole new uh, – like if the Steelers just lose out the rest of the season, the narrative goes one way for sure. Mm-hmm. But this win and potentially what we could do – Pulls us back into a whole different conversation. Dude, you, you win in Seattle next week, and you hold your own destiny in your hands. Because you can go into Baltimore, and I can almost guarantee you win in Baltimore, and you're in. Yeah. And I don't know what to think about that. Yeah. We got plenty of time to figure that out. We got one more score update? 14 days. Yes, it is 14-10 Bills. Oh, the Bills are probably going to yeah, win. We're That's okay. Chargers fan tonight. So the Bills are a say. much better team. They are. Uh, and they still have a coach. And a quarterback. That's true. I and, forgot. Yeah. And a starting wide receiver, um, <laughs> which the Chargers don't. None of those things. But, yeah, so I just think, um, man, what a twist. What a twist on the Steelers in general. I don't think either of us were expecting this today. Anybody I, who says they were is lying. It felt like we were already six feet into the grave, you know, one foot in, and they were throwing the dirt on top of us. But yet, like the Undertaker, we will not die. Steelers are forever, forever, and we don't die. 
And you're telling me there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. We're going to get in. I hope so. Now, whatever that looks like, I don't really care at this point. But the fact that Cleveland's going to get in means that we better get in. Yeah. That's all I care. So, yes. Well, hey, man, let's put a bow on it. Yeah. I hope you and yours have a Merry Christmas. The Steelers already gave me the best Christmas. Did they give you the best Christmas present? If I was on a movie right now for Hallmark, it would be the happiest of endings. (laughs) Thanks a lot. It's also the the title for Deshaun Watson's biography. All right. Good night, Pittsburgh. (laughs) Go Steelers. Bob, hit him with it. Merry Christmas, everybody. I don't think a lot about the things that I say, to be honest with you.